This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. Hello, this is Todd Berry. Before I get to my guest today, Carl Newman from the New Pornographers, why don't we play a track off their upcoming album called Brill Bruisers, which comes out August 26th on Matador Records. For those of you who like to know what label an album comes out on, this is Brill Bruisers. podcast live from my relatively new apartment That's right. with my new microphones, um, which have been working pretty well. I think someone may have even removed a, a mean iTunes review once they started listening to these new microphones. <laughs> they were very inexpensive. I, don't, I should have gotten them earlier. I apologize. No, I don't apologize because I'm not going to apologize. You tell people about the orange and yellow yeah. foam on them. Um, I got a five pack of uh, these. I guess they're windscreens, which you <laughs> or know, or pop filters. Pop I don't filters. Know. I don't know. They don't know they probably serve the purpose of a pop filter. I hope so. I call them magic mushrooms. But they. Uh, I'm where I'm using a bright yellow one, and my guest has got a bright orange one. And there's like a purple, a blue. There's a blue, a green, and red oh, waiting nice. when I'm going to change these out. I don't know when you change out pop filters. I'm going to say never. My guest is uh, from the New Pornographers, Carl Newman. Hey, everybody. 
also records as AC Newman. I, that's right. So that's like a recording. I know that's an annoying question that everyone asks you, but I'm going to ask you. What? There's, no one calls you AC, do they? Or? They do now. Okay. Um, <laughs> in, the, in the first couple of years, because I put on my solo album in 2004 and thought AC sounded cool. It's my initials, Alan Carl. And for a while, like, people would call me AC and I wouldn't answer them because like, that's not my name. But right. then, but then I learned I learned to answer to AC and when I played on Letterman in 2009 I played on Letterman as AC Newman and somebody there said do you want Dave to call you Carl or AC and I said oh, I don't care just how about AC and then later I thought no I should have said Carl because Carl would have it would have expressed a sort of familiarity oh like if he had come if he'd come out and said hey good to see you again Carl people would go oh Dave oh, knows tight. his yeah. name <laughs> But that's not the case. We're not tight. I, that's a, that is the type of thing that I would probably have agonized over. Like, <laughs> yeah, why hand, did I tell him to call? One me hand, AC? it's for brand identification. You should just call me AC. But but it, people think that he knows me. <laughs> but then I'd be like, oh, but maybe they'll get confused because he introduced me one way and called me another thing. <laughs> exactly. That's just the way I think, and they that's think probably the Dave way. You... D- Dave doesn't even know his name. Did you did you play on with the new pornographers or did you play solo? I did once solo, and the pornographers have done, I think, three times in Letterman, I think. Is it, yes. Is it fun for you? Sometimes more than others. Um, sometimes. When I, when I think back, the most, fun, uh, the most fun TV appearances is where I don't have to sing lead. Like a... We did we did Fallon in 2010 and it was a Nico song Crash Years. I, that, t- I that's right. You were with us. <laughs> I was on stage with you. I played. I got this email saying, "Do you want to play Sleigh Bells with us?" On you got totally burned. I got burned. Camera angles. I yeah. Was, it's I, if you really have to like when I show it to people, I have to go. Here we go. Right here. Freeze frame there. But it was like it was weird. It was almost seemed like a hostile act. It seemed like they were trying to cut you out. It was weird because I I stood there and I go I felt like. Oh man, I don't feel like the camera's going on me, but I don't want to be like, "Hey guys, uh, I know you know what you're doing, but you should really uh, get a few." I mean, <laughs> I'm the comedian who's playing along with the band, so you should really get some nice shots of me. You know what? I also remember about that was like, I also remember you being shocked that you were getting paid. Oh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> like I think you made, like I think. No, I knew I was going to get paid, but I think it was the amount that I got. Yeah, so you was, got something like eight hundred dollars, which they, is not like a massive amount, but considering you're just kind of. Well, but then they the rerun place. it, and then you're like, "Wow, well, I just." Well, I don't want to talk about money, but it's... I bought my first house with <laughs> playing sleigh bells with you guys. Did um? It's hard not for me. I think for the first few years of a, I guess, quote unquote, success, uh-huh. it was hard for me not to talk about money because I've been like, you're excited about. It. I was so ex- yeah, I was so excited and bemused and just like, can you believe it? Like, like right. can you believe it? I made $800 for playing on Letterman. Can you believe I played Letterman? Yeah. Like, you... I feel like, and I realized after a while, like, it it probably sounds like I'm, I'm name dropping and bragging when really it felt more like, can you believe this? Kind well, also, I mean, the thing with name dropping, I always feel like there are people who definitely name drop. But then there's like, well, if you're in show business, you're supposed to, I'm never going to mention anyone else in show business who, who I might know. Like, yeah. Like, am I only supposed to mention my non showbiz friends? And, and I feel like if you were talking to somebody and there was like no celebrity involved and someone said, Oh, I was hanging out with John Smith. You'd go, "Oh, I know John Smith." Right. And then you'd go you'd have a shared thing and go, "Well, isn't that interesting? How do you know them?" But if uh I say the same thing about some somebody I know who's a musician or whatever or a comedian, uh people think, "Oh, Mr. Namedrop." Yeah. I know. I mean, most people are cool, but yeah, there are people mm-hmm. who uh you just can't win with them. Mm-hmm. You can't win with them. But I'm 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 way into name dropping. Really? Let's hear some uh, names. I'd I, love to. Hear I feel some. like you just got to embrace. Who it. are some? Uh, well, I don't even know that many famous people, so it's not even. I'd be embar- I would embarrass myself if I tried to name drop right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's funny when people name drop someone you've never heard of, and you're <laughs> like, "Oh we're, man, you're, you're, you're trying to drop a I'm, name, I'm and I'm you have to down explain your name. who it is." <laughs> no, it's like shooting down your name drop. Sorry, buddy. Did um? But have you had any like super famous people compliment your music? Um, I guess. Do you ever get like, uh, uh, Cameron Diaz would like two tickets for... No. No? Not, she hasn't asked to see me either, so. That's why I picked her at random. <laughs> I remember, uh, there was a, 
Laura Linney was a fan of Nico's. Uh-huh. And she wanted to meet Nico, like, after her show a few years ago. Yeah. And Nico's manager at the time, like, cleared us all out. It's like, everybody, get out. <laughs> I want to have, like, st- have a private meeting between Nico and Laura Linney. And I don't think it was... I can bring it up, because it wasn't Nico's doing, but... I decided, oh, excuse me, wouldn't want to get in the way of Nico and Laura Linney. Yeah. <laughs> she's I'll about just, to meet I'll someone she's never met before and has no relationship with, but I could also see why you do that. Yeah, of course. If it was, yeah, or if it was like Tom Cruise or, or, or like you said, Cameron Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like, uh, I feel like Cameron Diaz is probably a fan of both of ours. And uh, I expect... I, I know, sometimes I wish people would... Uh, come and present themselves but i think i would never do that like if i was hugely famous and i was going to see a band i really loved i doubt i would like make efforts to get backstage and go like hey check it out i'm here and i'm a fan yeah i mean i might well it depend yeah because you don't want to be you don't want to go back because i feel like backstage is kind of like a decompression area you just Mm -hmm. did a show i don't want to go like Hi, you don't know me, but I just want to tell people that I shook your hand. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm in your dressing room with you. And it's and it's very possible even uh, big celebrities might feel self conscious. You know, like they they might be worried that they'd come backstage and say hello to you, and you'd go, "Well, I don't care." I know. <laughs> I'm cool. I don't care, Cameron uh, Diaz. And that has happened before, has it? Well, I've met people where you're like, I don't want to mention names, but they're famous, and then you're like, "Oh my god, this guy's." kind of annoying to talk to <laughs> i'm not starstruck anymore i'm just i want to get out of here i have i haven't uh, i haven't encountered that yet uh, you'll have when you've been doing it as long i'm joking i but, think I, I have a i have a nice uh anonymity i have an enjoyable anonymity you have a, we both have cult followings right <laughs> yes but like I, i'm not like even with even within the band you know like I, you know like people are more excited to see like nico and dan i can just be really like i'll i'll sometimes meet people and say like, "Oh yeah, I'm in, the, I'm in this band, the new pornographers." And they'll go, "Oh, I really like you, you guys." It's like, but you have no idea what I look like. I think that's cool. Yeah, but there's a lot of you, so it's. Uh, yeah, exactly. Maybe that's it. You, you might not notice me. I'm the guy who stands in the middle up front. Um, I sing all the songs. <laughs> I sing about and half I sit of them. in the center, stand in the center. But your wife Christy told me once that you were on vacation and like a hotel clerk was a fan of yours. Yeah, somewhere in Scotland. That's and that's re- always nice. I remember it very clearly because it was it was so odd. And that guy wrote me on Twitter, and he said, "You might not remember me." And I said, "How could I not remember you? That never happens. You, you're arriving and you're jet lagged, and you arrive in like wherever it was, Galway. Is that a place in Scotland? No, that's in um, that's in Ireland. That's weird because I had <laughs> okay, an incident Kil- like that in Galway. Let's say, Kil- let's say Kilkenny. Yeah, Kilkenny. <laughs> so there you are. No, Kilkenny, Kilkenny, you're Kilkenny's right. in Ireland as well. Yes. You're thinking of... Uh, or what did I say I was? I thought you said Scotland. Oh, no, it, it was Ireland. Sorry. Oh, it was Ireland. I think okay. you said Scotland, and I just went with it, and I didn't correct No, I, I said another... Con- I don't think... <laughs> I'm going to roll back the tape, and then we're going to settle this. It was, no, it was, sorry. It was Ireland. It was full-on Ireland. We went to Ireland for eight days. Did the guy upgrade your room? I don't know. I think we were just fighting to get a room at that point, because we arrived at, like, 5 a.m. You know how it is. Yeah. I, uh... Yeah, I once got a uh, uh, hotel manager was at a, it was a hotel in los angeles and she's like oh i saw you on fly the concords and i was like oh wow well, you're gonna give me a better room <laughs> no. and, he, and yeah no, she did she, really yeah and it was a it was a room that i had price lined so i got like this junior suite at this nice hotel in la for a hundred dollars a night because i was obnoxious and i was funny about it you know if you go hey, hey that's cool and you make it make it jokey then they do it or they might do it, but if you if they don't do it, then it's like, hey, no, it's cool. I wasn't really asking. I was so joking. No charge. It's called. I guess it's passive aggressive one hundred and one. I guess it's worth saying, like, even if it only works one out of every hundred times, like, hey, no charge, you know? Yeah, it could happen. Mean, you give them, then you you know, send them a link to your album or something, <laughs> and you get. You send your CD. They give you a three hundred dollar <laughs> upgrade. You send them a link to an album that doesn't cost you a penny. Yes. Now, you were on Twitter and you were mentioning some band called the Clientele. Yeah, yeah. And I went ahead, because I was going over your Twitter feed today, and I went ahead and went on Spotify, and I listened to them. Good. I right? like them. I forgot the album. It was something... Uh... Well, the, the one that just got reissued is called uh, Suburban Light, which is a collection of their first few singles. Yeah. 
It's really, really, really good. They're they're a great, great band. Uh, I don't. I didn't even read up on them. Like I didn't know anything about them. I think they're from Scotland. Scotland. Ireland. I don't know. I think they're from somewhere around there. Yeah, that was. They seem a little bad fingery. Yeah, I could see. Is that, that fair? Does that make me look like I know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. What were you gonna say though? About um. No, I said that was one of those times when you go on Twitter and I just I just got so annoyed by Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, because I feel like, oh, I'm I'm sorry, did I did I accidentally misspeak? Well, because you said they had, <laughs> like, hadn't you, been reviewed, and then well, it's such a boring story. <laughs> I'll <laughs> make it fun. Because all I was saying was I I was I should have said it another way, uh, but I was just saying like I wish the, I was trying to say I wish the clientele got more attention, right? You know, because I think they're a great band, and it seems like they don't get as much attention as other bands that are very similar, but yet way more popular, and. Uh, and then, you know, I was saying, like, you know, it's good to see them get pitchfork love. They never get pitchfork love. And then people are going, what do you mean? And then I looked it up and I realized, oh, their last couple records have been sort of dismissed by pitchfork. But before that, they were actually pitchfork darlings. So I went back and said, oh, yeah, well, I guess I guess I was talking more about the last few records. And then, like, people start writing you and it's hard not to go, I don't give a fuck. Who cares? Who you, cares what you think? I think um, that's why you... Let's get, let's get on with our Well, lives. it's like if you make a spelling error, that's just like... Yeah. It's like... I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I'm happy when someone... If I make a spelling error, but I just get so mad at myself for making it. But there's something really petty about someone like... You wrote your instead of your with an apostrophe. It's like, well, it's because I made a typo. And and it's also like... I guess maybe I believe in the sort of impermanence of Twitter. Like, I'm not really there to like... You're not make, there to make, make sweep, friends. Make, yeah, I'm not there to make friends or make sweeping statements about life that are correct. Uh-huh. I'm there just to like uh, think out loud, and uh, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird that someone would. I don't. I, unless they're correcting you because, like, hey, maybe you would like to know that they were reviewed, and here you can look this up. <laughs> but then there's always that sort of like, nah, you made a mistake, and I'm pouncing on you. And it and it's hard to. I mean, I mean, and when you when people annoy you on Twitter, of course, the best thing to do is just completely ignore it. And I know, because when you engage them, arguably, you're just like sucked down to their level, and you begin to look like a jerk because there's no way to engage them without just dripping with sarcasm. I just feel like it's better to act like you're so huge that I just imagine, you know, would would Brad Pitt engage some heckler or not a heckler like a twitter heckler or <laughs> i something. was thinking i wanted to start uh anybody who trolled me on twitter i would just send them like a jpeg of my signature oh that's funny with, with just something that says thank you for your interest all the best <laughs> all G- the best of my number G- one fan great trolling <laughs> ac newman yeah, keep on trolling. that's a great idea <laughs> oh and then and then stamp it have a stamp on it that says no ebay <laughs> can you do that with a with a JPEG? No, can you do people stamp no eBay? Or is that a joke you're making? Um people do that. I think people sign. People like celebrities sign like no no eBay. Really? I think because a lot of people are like professional autograph yeah, yeah, hounds yeah. and they just they'll they'll give you like thirty and say, Could you sign all these? I've I mean, had that happen a couple of times. Yeah, it's only happened to me a couple of times. Or maybe even once. I think Nico gets it more. I saw I saw Nico sign. I was standing next to her when some guy went an autograph and she wrote like no eBay, and I think the guy was was just com- kind of confused and hurt. It's weird because some of them are actual just autograph oddballs. I don't know. Yeah. I say that without being too derisive. It's, I think but, it's a judgment. It's a judgment call. But then it's like if you have seven of you know seven yeah. of the identical picture ten, and you're like, and then there's some people like, hey, can you use this blue pen? And like, okay, like they're really like they have this. It's like your autograph's not enough. You have to do it this way or. No eBay is a. Uh, I like another, no eBay. I'm going to start writing that. I don't know why. I maybe I maybe I imagined it, but I swear I stood next to Nico once when she signed no eBay on on somebody's a uh, uh, eight by ten of her. But another thing I think that people do is ask for their name because the autograph people who are just trying to sell it don't want the don't name. want names. Yeah. So you got to insist like no. I personalize these. I, ha- I have to personalize it. Or I yeah, do I it thought of that trick, and also I thought of writing. This hasn't happened. I was like, I'm waiting for the next time this happens so I could do this because it doesn't really happen. But we just want to write it in huge letters like, (laughs) hey, Pete. And then you sign your name real small underneath. Here's my autograph. You know, another 
another funny autograph uh, story was on our together tour we had posters for every show silk screen posters yeah. and then we would all sign them like they're ten dollars more because everybody in the band signed it and dan to amuse himself would sign uh instead of a signature he would draw a flying cube <laughs> like that was like just like you know like a three-dimensional cube with some like action marks right and uh about a month later somebody writes you know to the new pornographer's website and is very angry because he's a big dan fan and he was like hey this is supposed to be signed and it's signed by everybody except dan unless this flying cube is supposed to be dan but that doesn't make any sense and i had to write him and say you actually got like a really amazing thing there yeah that was dan a real, like a moment a of in- cube on your yeah. poster moment of inspiration i like that i'm gonna tell you like like you, you're not allowed to change your signature <laughs> That's what he felt like having a signature that day. <laughs> Signed 300 posters. Got a little bored. Yeah. Sometimes you want to do a flying cube. Mixed it up. Mm-hmm. Now you have you guys have a new record. Yeah, yeah. Which we can announce because this is... I'm it's, not going to pretend this it's, is it's, live. But it's being announced today. Today, June 10th. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it's not really June 10th, but by the time you hear this will be June 10th. Yes. Should I cut that part out? For them, <laughs> for them it's June 10th. Yeah, for them it's June 10th. So all what's relative. what's the new album? It's called Brill Bruisers. Brill Bruisers? Yes. B R I L L? Yes. Does that have to do with the Brill building? It's hard to say. <laughs> That's one way of reading. Shouldn't be it. hard for you to say. <laughs> you came up with it. Did you come up with that? I don't know. What does uh what does Russholm Ruffians or Chariot Chugal mean? I don't even know what those two are. <laughs> it's a Smith song and a T Rex oh, song. Oh, I should know that. I should know the Smith song and the T Rex song. Because uh, I'm old and cool. It was uh it's it's to me it sounded like a sort of second rate seventies glam record. Oh, so it's a completely like made up expression or? Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I, I coined the term. Yeah. Brill bruisers. Brill bruisers. Wow. That's an interesting title. It is. Did you do you make a do you make a big list? Or how long how much do you agonize over that? No, it just sort of evolves. Um yeah, sometimes when you when you get about three quarters of the way through the record you start thinking this record gonna be called and there was a song called brill bruisers and i thought hmm oh you already had a song called brill bruisers yeah oh and and it was and we knew it was going to be the first song on the record and that's the first song that's getting released today okay it's a title track and i thought it was um which was a a continuation of something we did on the first three records where the album title is the first song yeah, on the album, Mass okay. Romantic Electric Version, Twin Cinema. So you know, I never noticed that, but it's true. Mm-hmm. So Brill Bruisers recorded over. Where'd you record this? Vancouver. We did some of it in Vancouver. Um, did a lot of it at my house in Woodstock. I built a little studio. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Woodstock. So I built this sort of like, essentially a shed. I, I went to a place that builds sheds. And just made it into a, a real building. Even though it's not in a foundation, it's essentially on blocks. But you can't tell. I've really uh, so I could have put like up a nice lifted facade. it up and yeah. seen the whole band recording. If if you, if you ran if <laughs> if you ran at it full speed and really like you know put your shoulder into it, you could probably knock it down. So so that was where most of it recorded. Yeah, yeah, a ton of it. Uh, did a lot of it with our bass player John. You know John yeah. Collins, and we have a cottage as well. So he lived in the cottage. So it was very, it was very convenient because you know I have a toddler now and I didn't want to be away a lot. Right. And I also thought, okay, if I invest in building this little studio on my property, then the band can record for free, and all you have to do in return is not make me go, <laughs> not make me spend six months in Vancouver, even though I did spend you know a couple months in Vancouver anyways. But. So it worked out. It was it was nice to work all day and go, well, see you later, John. So you weren't less... Uh, I would wonder if I would be less motivated because I'd be like, oh, I don't... Like, I feel like if I had to fly to a city, I'd be like, oh, I'm here to work, but... Well, I think having somebody there But you also have a child, you. so that's, yeah. that's different. But I think sometimes... I think in anything, having, like, a second person helps a lot. Like, it's so hard for me to sit down in my studio by myself and work, but... If I know John is there, like, I'm not going to be a jerk and say, hey, John, just hang out and do something else because I'm busy with my right. regular life. It's like, yeah, you flew here. 
and you're you're here to do this, so that makes me treat it like right. Did you is so self produced? Yeah, yeah, definitely was. I don't think we could ever use an outside producer because the way we work is so um, it's like the records like take form over a long period of time. I think right. we brought in the producer. They would go. You're wasting my time. Yeah, I, like, I don't call want... me in a few months when you've got it together. Have you um, have you ever considered it getting like a Steve Lillywhite in there or something? I'd love to work with Danger Mouse. Yeah, but I think Danger Mouse would probably do exactly what I said and say, "Get it. hey, when you guys are ready to make a record, I'll come back." But you seem like you're just dicking around. So, uh, have you ever you've worked with a producer before, though, right? Or no? Have you always? Well, I mean, only. I mean, John, our bass player, yeah. is essentially the producer. But not like some hired well, yeah, we have guy an, where an, you never met him before, and then he comes in and then... Yeah, and then on Challengers and together, you know, Phil Palazzolo yeah. is essentially the producer, but he was also like a friend. Right. So he's like, hey, you know... So you've never been in a position where, like, guy's bossing you around? No. Um, my first band, Zampano, we had a, our second record on Sub Pop. We recorded it with this guy, Keith Cleversley, who we wanted to use because he recorded transmissions from the Satellite Heart, the Flaming uh -huh. Lips record. And and that was that's the only time we ever worked with the was he good to producer. work with? Yeah, he was very cool. But our band was like imploding at the time, so that made it, the whole experience suck. But he was great. Yeah, I hear stories about producers where you know, like the guy brings in his own drummer or something, and you're like, God, how do you get bossed around by anyone? You don't want to be in a band to get bossed around. I can appreciate that to a certain degree. I mean, some bands just don't have it together. Yeah, I guess. Like, like, like some bands, you, you hear things like the producer comes in and replaces the drummer. And I think most of the time that happens because the drummer's not good enough. Like the producer is saying, you want, me to, you want me to make a world-class record for you, don't you? Yeah. It's like, well, your drummer's not cutting it, so let's bring in another drummer. So is it I've different? never had that problem. No, your drummer's amazing. Yeah, he's really great. Um, what, um, so are you going to go on tour? Yeah, yeah. How long? When's that going to start? Um, the main chunk of touring is uh, October, November. The record's coming out end of August. So November, you said? Yeah, I think we're going to... October, November. I forget. How long? So a couple months? Yeah. You going to do the whole world? Uh, we're going to Europe. <laughs> I don't know. We probably... Not going to do the whole world, right. but you know we're, we're concentrating mainly on North America. I think we're going to Europe for a couple of weeks. Who knows? We'll probably go to Australia because we always go to Australia. Australia's great. Yes, get and, a lot of frequent flyer miles on that one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I'm 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 real. I'm in a weird place because I'm really into the record and I feel really confident about it. And of course, I want to like do everything I can to make it popular. But I also don't want to spend eight months on the road because that would fill me with a <laughs> a deep sadness i think to be away from my kid for so do long do you ever have you ever toured with your with your child no i mean he's too he's too young i wouldn't want to bring them on the road have a nanny i've okay. been on tour with bands with have kids and they have a nanny yeah but... that's getting it's getting expensive yeah that's true Chris, to... christy came with me to australia i mean before we had a kid she you know she really wanted to go to australia and so he's like yeah I mean, I think it's it'll suck for you because it's not that much fun being uh, traveling with a band, being on the road. But you know, it was uh, it was cool. It was cool to have her. Do you when you pick cities? Do you like go over? Do you go? I want to work here. Or does it just kind of like let's just go out there and play? Yeah, we have booking agents. Yeah. that do that. Um, but do you ever say like I've always wanted to do a show in this city? Or did they just go? That it makes sense to go Chicago, San Francisco, Minneapolis, and I think I've, I think whatever I bring that up, like the booking agents probably go like, well, yeah, that's that's just not a good place to play, you know, <laughs> like like we, we we can't get a good offer for there, or there's not a good venue or or whatever. I mean, I'm I'm just happy to go wherever. Like uh, on, on the together tour, where did we go? We'd never been before. We played in Hobart, Tasmania. Oh man, like, I heard Tasmania is beautiful. Yeah, it was amazing, and you know, it was like this little this little club with this tiny stage, and it was, I just thought I'm just happy to be here. It was cool. I'm in Tasmania. Yeah, and we we played Helsinki for the first time. The same thing. It's like wow, this is cool. I'm in Finland. 
how was the crowds in Helsinki? It was good. They have like good schools there in Finland. <laughs> they do? I saw a show about how good their schools are. Or I read something. I read half an article or watched 10 minutes of a TV show <laughs> about that. It. And uh, it seems like they have good schools there. Do you, um, so you live, do you live in Woodstock full time now? Pretty much. We have an apartment just down the road. Yeah. In the East Village. Um, but we're not here that much. Like, we'd like probably like five days a month. Really? We'd, I'd, we'd like it to be more, but it's, it's hard. Like, like, we have a very tiny apartment, and it's hard to right. have a, a kid there. And he gets, it's a one-bedroom, and he gets the room. Really? You know, because oh, he's, like well, he, he has to have the room. We'd, we'd never, it's the only way it would possibly work. Did he insist on it? Mm-hmm. Like, I am not sleeping in the living room. So, yeah, we, we basically sleep in the living room or in, like, the pull-out <laughs> twin bed next to his crib. So it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's cool to be here, but... It's still cramped, especially when we're so used to the wide open spaces of our regular house. Do you ever go crazy out there? No, it's not that secluded. No, I think I think we have the best of both worlds. Like it's only two hours from here, uh huh. So just knowing that we can drive for two hours and be in Manhattan makes makes you not go crazy. And and we live we live pretty close to Woodstock, so anytime we need anything, it's just a few minutes. To go get it. Yeah, I did comedy once in Woodstock, and uh, I'm not going to blame Woodstock for this one based on one experience, but wow, was it not good. <laughs> I don't think Woodstock is a big comedy town. <laughs> no, it's uh, based on my experience. In fact, they just had a Woodstock comedy festival uh-huh. about six months ago, and the lineup was very perplexing. Really? I think the headliner was Dick Cavett. Seriously? Well, that might, you know, for some of the older folks there. He's funny, Dick Cavett. But he, I don't also think of him as a stand-up comic. No. No offense to him. That's probably no. a compliment. I just <laughs> no compliment offense. him by saying you're not a comedian. <laughs> a great man. So what, Not so, hilarious. So you don't go crazy. See, I think I would like... I sometimes look at the real estate out there, and I'm like, oh, my God, I could, I could get a studio apartment here, or I could buy a four-bedroom with a guest house somewhere upstate not necessarily yeah. where you live but and like it would a, still be less than that studio apartment right but then i go oh man but i have i barely you know i'm barely furnishing a studio apartment properly you can imagine yeah. if i had four bedrooms yeah there's a lot with. there's a lot of hidden costs there are hidden costs right propane propane that'll, oh that'll, that'll well, get you i buy propane but don't ask why <laughs> what is is that for heating yeah that was a dumb question i thought maybe i had a gas grill or something we do but don't you that doesn't use much propane. <laughs> do you, yeah. do you yeah. have people out there? Do you have do you, do you uh, cuz I feel like some people move out there and they're like, "Come on out here." Cuz they're kind of going nuts. But maybe I should get that out of my More head. More people are coming out there. Um Well, you know Bobby Tisdale? Yeah. He he and his wife Emily, they live out there now. Um and you know 80 miles. He and his wife Katie, they have a, a house there. They're just mainly there on holidays and weekends. Josh, Josh Ritter, you know, the singer Sing, songwriter. Yeah, I know who he, he is. He, he just moved there with his wife and baby uh, about six months ago. So there's now we've noticed in the last year or two, like, there's, like, cool people that are, like, moving up to that neighborhood. You know, they're not all in Woodstock, but, like, close enough that it feels like, oh, yeah, you moved, you're you're up here. You're with us now. Mm-hmm. Eleanor Friedberger just bought yeah, a house she nearby. Does. Yes, I, I, I saw her the other day. Well, that's cool. You can... Uh... Do you run into each other at the grocery store? Sometimes. Or the hardware store or the hairdresser. No, I was going to talk about this. I went to your wedding. That was a really cool wedding. That, that I use that cool. wedding as a model of one of my favorite weddings because it was not until I was there did I realize, oh, I didn't really get invited to the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> we are at the reception. The we- Well, the, the wedding was sort of a... Yeah, we wanted to keep it the wedding. No, I like it. I, I, I'm never allowed. I wasn't like, hey, why, why can't I watch the wedding? <laughs> no one needs to go to the wedding. And I think the weddings are they're a little more, uh, they're not solemn. But, you know, I feel like, we, I think we only had like 50 or 60 people. Oh, it was that many? Oh, the then I, I yeah. should have been invited to that wedding. <laughs> I thought it was like six people. I was like, oh, I'm not going to make the cut. But 50 or 60. No, it's like, well, you know, fam. And I think yeah, that was no. mainly family. No, I, I get Maybe it. like. A few like other key people, like like the mates of state. 
Yeah. We're doing us a huge favor by like playing at the reception. So we thought, well, we got to invite them to the wedding. <laughs> like like the fact that they're they're actually pl- playing right. as this favor to us. You've earned a I spot that. Yeah, at that the was... actual wedding ceremony. They uh they played and then there was uh Nico. It was Nico did um I remember her doing karaoke. She played upstairs. Oh, she did? You, did you miss that? You mean you arrived late? I don't God, I feel terrible. Maybe I'm just blanking. It's a long time ago. Anything that happens over a month ago, I forget. But yeah, she played up in the main room, and then downstairs was sort of like the sort of party room, and that's may- where Mates of State played. And there maybe was- I did come late. Maybe that's what happened, or later than it started. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I, I remember seeing her do a karaoke, and it was just like, it's like karaoke's not for people who can sing. <laughs> Don't it's hot true. dog it up there with your like, an actual good voice. Although she's got, I feel like. If you're gonna if you're gonna sing karaoke well, I think you got to have a voice like hers. Like you have to knock it out of the park. I mean, if I had, truth be told, if I had her voice, I would be just walking around <laughs> to like the saddest karaoke bars. I just like, yeah, I'm gonna just try one. Oh, the poor lonely guy's gonna try and just fucking annihilate people. Did you ever see that Funny or Die video where Jewel goes into a karaoke bar in disguise? No. Like she pretends to just be this like mousy girl who uh. And all, all the, I guess all the plants are with her who are like, come on, do a song. She's like, no, I don't want to. And then she goes up and she does a Jewel song. Oh, and of course. I was going to say, that'd be perfect. She did and, one of her own songs. And then, and then they're filming people's reaction. It's like, oh my God, you sound just like Jewel. That's great. I have to look. I, how come I never heard about that one? I got to dig that up. That sounds I think it's. I think it's a Funny or Die video. I went, once years ago... I think about 10 years ago, we were with a label in a, a karaoke bar in Koreatown. Uh-huh. And for whatever reason, Cat Power was there as well, Sean Marshall. And she did a Nina Simone song. I like, does she do like, my baby don't care for, like, she had some, what's the classic Nina Simone song? I don't know, I'm she sure. Did, but she did it in a karaoke bar. And there was that, there was that feeling in the air, like, this girl is freaking good. <laughs> she should be a professional. Yeah, I think a few people walked up to her and said, "Like, are you are you a singer? That was so good." Have you ever been to this live karaoke? They have at uh, Arlene's Grocery. I've they used heard to have of like it. punk rock, or they have a band. Yeah, punk rock. Yeah, and they seem to know every is it, is song. It Losers Lounge? Is that what? No, no. Losers Lounge is when they do a tribute. Oh yeah, to that's a band. right. Okay. But this is they did like I think they even did like corporate rock karaoke. But it's it's pretty enjoyable watching with with a band because you get these real like people just really diving into the fantasy that they're a rock star <laughs> because they actually have an actual band behind them. But yeah, but these guys know like every, it seemed like they knew every song perfectly. I don't know how you do that. Learned 5,000 songs. Yeah. I don't, I barely know my own. Do you rehearse much for a tour? Do you guys? Yeah. We were, we really cram. I think we, we spend a week and go like, let's just, <laughs> let's do this. Right. Um, where, is- where do you do that? In Vancouver. Um, last tour, in 2010, we actually did it in Woodstock. Because we were trying to get ready for playing Fallon. Because we knew everybody... We, we knew we had, we had to fly everybody in New York. So I thought, why don't we... There, there was a nice place. There was a theater where we could rehearse. So uh-huh. I thought, let's, let's spend a week in Woodstock and just kick it. Is, um, is it going to be the full lineup? Yeah, tour? yeah. Everybody's along. Catherine, mm-hmm. Nico, Nico, Dan, Blaine, Dodd, Kurt, John. Is that wow. all of us? Uh, yeah, I think you got them. Mm-hmm. I haven't talked to Blaine in a while. No. Well, I saw him in Vancouver on my crowd work tour. Oh, okay. But that was yeah, he's a good guy. Yes, I like Blaine. We go way back. He was my best man. Talking of weddings, really? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I guess you wouldn't know that you were—you uh, <laughs> weren't invited. I was on the subway going to the uh, <laughs> to the party. Yes. Well, that's cool. Did um, so how long are rehearsals for? Like every—is it like eight hours, ten hours? God, no. It's it's hard. Uh, sometimes doing a rehearsal is like a workout. I would think. Like I, like after a while, you're going through all the songs and you go, "Do we know this? Hey, does everybody know this? Okay, next." Like, yeah, because I imagine if you're, 
unless you're recording or playing live, you don't want to be like, I don't want to do this song nine times in a row with no one clapping. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it for us is us trying to learn how to play our songs because uh, we'll, we'll rehearse them before we go into the studio, but then they they get mutated, you know, and we'll put like sequencers and arpeggiators on them and all these bells and whistles. And then at, when the record's mixed, we're coming back and going, how are we going to play this? Right. Like, how, so how are we going to do this live? Because when we're in the studio, we're not concerned with that. You're just trying to make a cool sounding record. Right. And you'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. And this, re- this record, I think it's going to, it's going to take some, some effort. A little, uh, little, a couple of laptops plugged in. If, <laughs> More than two, I think. That uh, does always weird me out when I see a band playing and I hear like, and you're like, you don't see the guy playing. The guy being the drummer. It's a it's a it's it's a common thing these days. Yeah, is it just to fill it out, right? I think you're probably hearing the click track. Oh, really? Because, like for us, I think we're gonna have to play. When I think of this record, there's about five or six songs on the record where I think we have to do this with a click. Oh really? Just, just, there's, there's just literally no other way we'll be able to to do it properly. Wow. Do you um? How far in advance do you come up with? Like, do you know pretty much? Like, are there like you must have staples in your like? We got to do this song. Yeah, I think so. It gets it gets trickier. This is album six, so we don't want to play for three hours. I mean, we don't even want to play for two hours. Two hours, it's too long. So. If you're trying to keep your set between like maybe like an hour, you know, like around an hour and a half, then you're going through your career and going, well, we've got this new record that we're supporting. So you want to concentrate on that. So, you know, you probably like 30 minutes of your set is going to be a new album. And then you've got another an hour to go through the other five albums, which is like, you know, two or three songs. Yeah, just pulling two or three songs from records it's a uh, I always feel like I sometimes I feel bad about all the songs we leave off but I also think hey if you wanted to hear a mass romantic you should have been at the fucking mass romantic show that's true you missed that tour we toured that thing for three years and we played every song because that those were all the songs we had so excuse us if we only play two now do you get people who like literally complain or do they just kind of like oh man I wish you would have played this um no I I don't think people complain that much. I imagine they just keep it to themselves. <laughs> now that there's Twitter, there's yeah. no excuse to not complain about which what songs you did. I feel bad when people yell out songs at the show and I have to say, hey, I would like to do that for you, but we do not know how to play it. <laughs> I think that's funny because, I mean, it's better than... Because otherwise it'd be like, we don't want to play that or we're going to decide what we play. Yeah. But Do you like when someone yells something out in general? Because that's always been when I see that happen, I kind of I'm like irritated. But then I go, well, at least it's a positive affirmation. Well, sometimes I like, like if there's like a thousand people there or more, I think it's funny to just say, hey, any requests, and it's just a cacophony that right. comes back. That's true. <laughs> like, then you can just or, play whatever you want because then there. Yeah, where I can literally cannot hear a single word. It's just like, <sighs> and I go, okay, we're gonna play. Use it. Have you ever had it where someone requests a song and you were going to play that song next anyway? I think that would be the ultimate. It's like, hey, well, beep, 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 just go right into it. Or or when when that happens, I, I just pretend. Right. It's like, it's, it's like all you, right, we're going to do your request. You got it, buddy. <laughs> Anything. You call the shots. <laughs> yeah, we're not too sure about this one, but yeah, we'll do it. Do you, uh, do you change the set list? Do you make a set list? You make a set yeah. list, right? Yeah. So you don't do the Spring, the Springsteen thing? Where you, where, well, maybe he probably makes a set list, too. He, he, he can just yell them out? I, you know who? I think R.E.M. used to do that. They sort of used to huddle. But I bet they had a set list, too. That, you know, that, I've done shows like that where sometimes out of laziness, we're like, oh, it's time to play. There's no set list. I'll, I'll just yell out songs as we go. And sometimes it, it's, it, it makes for a freewheeling sort of cool show. But also, sometimes it makes for a really weak show because it's really badly paced. Right, you didn't really you're like, think of the sequencing. You're like, oh, why did we... Oh, we didn't do any new... <laughs> we didn't do a single song for the new record. Oh, damn. Badly paced. <laughs> All ballads. Oh, man, people are like, oh, man, they just played the slow stuff. 
Why did I even bring my earplugs, man? <laughs> do you um? So do you, you change it night to night? Did I ask you that already? Um, not really. I think at the beginning of tours, we we change it because I think we, you're just feeling around, like trying to find a good set list, and then at some point you just find like a great set list. Right. You, you go like this works, and and then you play it and you go this is just a great set it works really well and then you might change it just for the sake of changing it just because you don't want to play the same set but then oh that set wasn't as good we we, we figured out the perfect set let's stick with the perfect set yeah i say why yeah why not i mean i've you know and it's also going back to the um having like a key you have it i feel like every record there's like a couple songs we should play you know, and so you, you go through you go through like all of our songs and go, well, we got to play that, and we got to play that, and we got to play that. It doesn't leave that much room for variation, and you don't want to like leave off like some of your favorite songs. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't. I mean, I guess if you want to play a new set every night, but I feel like what you said, because I, I mean, I do that with my own sets. We go, oh, this works right after this. I can remember this after this. Yeah. And then uh, that's the way I'm going to do it. And then if I want to fuck around between that. I mean, I it makes me feel bad if anybody wants to deadhead it and follow us around. But I don't think there are very many people like that. And even the few people that are like that, they don't seem to care. Yeah, I don't. Because like, like they, they, there's a few people we've made friends with just because they were big fans who followed us and went to a lot of our shows. And they don't complain like, oh, you did the same show. Did you, uh, have you ever seen a, I always find seeing a band twice. I never want to see. I almost don't even watch movies twice unless it's like ten years apart. But I used to do that. I mean, living in Vancouver, and it's only 140 miles from Seattle. Uh -huh. If we really like the show, we'd go. Let's go see him tomorrow in Seattle. And for some reason, Vancouver was always the night before. I think that's probably it. Makes sense because that's where somebody would start a tour. Yeah. If you were doing a West Coast tour, you would just start from the north and work your way down. And work yeah. your way down. I remember doing that with the replacements on. Um, I think on pleased to meet on the pleased to meet me tour, we we drove down and saw them the next day. I've seen them how many times? I've, I've seen them twice. I saw them once in one of their sort of notorious shows. Yeah, or or the shows you heard about them doing. Yeah, which was kind of hardly you could hardly call it a show. <laughs> I mean, I love them, but it was like I might have gotten one. I might have gotten one of those in Vancouver. I, I, mean, I guess it's kind of fun in retrospect to see a train wreck of a show, but. I remember, what's Tommy Stinson, the bass player? I remember him near the end of the show just going, I just don't feel like playing, man. I just don't feel like playing. Like his, his hands up in the air. What can I tell you, man? That's really I thought, funny. wow, this is the replacements. And then I saw him open for Elvis Costello at Madison Square Garden. And it was, it was a little, it was definitely a slicker show, but not slick. And I've seen Westerberg a couple times. It's a, it's interesting now that they're sort of a nostalgia band, how like I hear them playing played on Sirius, and I think this really stands up well. Like those songs are just classics. Like like he wrote a lot of full on classics. You know, he wrote some real throwaways in there. Like his classics were so classic that you you don't talk about the songs that aren't very good. Right. Because like who cares? Who cares if there's like three really weak yeah. songs? Let the guy have a few bad ones. Yeah. Because there's nine straight up all time classics. Yeah, I think he's sort of I hate to say underappreciated because it's loads of people love him, but kind of underappreciated. In the grand scheme. Yeah. In the rock and roll hall of fame sense. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe they'll get in there. I mean it's sort of ironic in that they have a song called uh, Alex Chilton and they sort of now he is he has sort of like an Alex Chilton esque career, and that he's like the singer songwriter that never became hugely famous, but that everybody thinks is like one of the greatest singer songwriters. Right. Have you met him? No, I met Tommy Stinson once. I didn't know it was him though. Where was that at? It was at he was at my band's piano show in in L A. in the mid nineties, and he came up and talked to me, and he was like. He made reference to his band. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Oh, really? That's what your band did? Nice to meet you, guy. And then somebody came up to me afterwards and said, that's Tommy Stinson. Well, that's cool that he didn't mention his band. Or maybe it is. Or no, he mentioned his band in, in just like, he didn't say, 
I'm in the replacements. I'm in the replacements. He just said, yeah, my band used to cover that song. I thought, that's cool. He was waiting for you to go, what was your band? <laughs> and you you screwed up. Just so I could do a spit take? So like, what? And you're like, no way, you're not in the replacements. I had the guitars from Skid Row recognize me at the Denver airport. <laughs> isn't, isn't Slash? I heard Slash was a fan. Slash? Yeah, I do know Slash a little bit. He is He's a Todd Berry fan. He's a big comedy fan? Yeah. He's a very... Uh, Good emailer, too. Nice. Like, he responds real quickly. Not that he writes me every day. You know who's really good for responding quickly? Margaret Cho. I'm a, that's that's weird, because I wrote to her about being on a show in L.A., and she got right back to me. Yeah, she'll write you back in, like, within five minutes. I'm pretty, I'm pretty much like that. I am absolutely not. You're not. You're a little... You're kind of a delayed... Well, I'm, uh... I'm one of those, uh... I'll read it and go, all right, I... I got to reply, but I got to do this first. And then I don't reply or I'll start writing it and it'll sit in my drafts for like two weeks. Like half my emails start with, I'm so sorry. Sorry for the delayed response. Yes. That's a classic line. Mm -hmm. Did you, so you, you keep them in your drafts, huh? I've, I was, was... no, they, they just get saved automatically, don't they? Yeah. Oh yeah. If you start writing them. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I try to get back to people pretty quickly. I'm bad. I'm really bad now because I have a manager, and then Christy, my wife Christy, is also sort of like she, she's a, like a second tier manager. Like I'll get my manager to like CC her on everything because she will make sure that I respond, whereas I might not respond, and I know I might not respond. So so you might it might not be a delayed response. It might be a no response. <laughs> it's happened. Even no, a, it's it's usually it's usually delayed response. Even a business email, huh? Wow, <laughs> you're committed to not responding a lot. It's a uh, no. I, I want to respond. It's uh, you just get overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. I know people, or, and sometimes I just don't want to deal with stuff. <laughs> like sometimes it's like I don't want to. I don't want to think about that today. Yeah, it's like if you wake up and read an email, that's an easy one to forget. I think. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. And then, yeah. And sometimes in the emails, there's just a weird amount of small talk. Yeah. Like, because I, I, I know some people are very curt, and I don't want to be that way. I don't want to just send, like, two two-word emails. I feel like I have to go, like, hey, how are things going with you? <laughs> Sorry for the delayed response. <laughs> <laughs> I think ex- exp- exclamation points are the key. I even think emoticons are good. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't think I would, but I feel like, oh, at least I know you were joking. I feel like I have to be sparing with uh, exclamation points because I think when you talk to me, I rarely sound like I'm using. Yeah. People, when I use them, people will go, oh, they don't Yeah, it suit, doesn't sound right. They don't suit you. I go, well, like, you... I, and if I'm going to talk to them, I'll say, well, maybe I'll see you later or well, good to see you. I'm not going, good to see you, you know? <laughs> I guess I, the, for me, the exclamation point really uh, it carries a lot of weight. But then you got to worry about them. They'll, some people are like, oh, good to see you. Like, that's not <laughs> the way I meant it. No, it was good to see you. That's, what, <laughs> that's the way being sarcastic. Like, well, I don't know. I, I, think you can, I think you can be very like, energetic and positive with periods as long as you end with the exclamation point. After th- a period? I don't think you can even do that. No, I mean like the oh, you mean your sentences. Pun- oh, yeah. The first five sentences can have periods. The last one, exclamation point. Which it's essentially saying like, hey, just as a last note, you know, I'm excited to talk yeah. to you. Really happy. Thanks. With mm-hmm. a nice, maybe two exclamation points. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think I think it's it's you can't argue with that. And I will never use sideways smiley face. No. Or if I'm going to write LOL, it's really sarcastic. No, yeah, LOL. Is, I'm not going to LOL. <laughs> I, it's hard though because sometimes you want to tell someone you thought that what they said was funny. I think ha 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 ha. I do that. Is, is a good one. I do that when I like if I email someone something mean just as a joke because I get oh man maybe they're going to read this wrong so I'll write that. Mm-hmm. That usually smooths things over. I feel that that feels genuine. Some when somebody writes ha 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 all one word, you know, capital H A H A H A H A H A, I think oh they really thought that was funny. I like he he. I think when someone writes he, <laughs> I think I always feel like that's the most sincere one, the he he. 
Now, Carl, you did the theme. I forgot to mention you did the theme song to my super crazy special. That's right. That's right. Was that that was I was excited that you agreed to do that. Yeah, it was because it was. I know it wasn't a windfall of cash. Um, but yeah, I'm a uh, I'm for hire. Man. I'm, I was like. <laughs> I was like, oh. I'm, I'm I'm looking to work in this business. That was like an email where I had to really craft it. Go, hey, if you don't want to do this, it I get it. And then you wrote back, I'll do this. No, th- those things those things are fun. I mean, they're because they're relatively easy. Well, you're saying you didn't spend hours and hours on. Well, it's uh, when you're writing a song for an album, you have no direction. Like, okay, what's this album going to sound like? What am I going to write about? Like, you've got everything in the world. Like, mm-hmm. every possible choice. Billions of possible choices. And when somebody says, could you write a theme for my uh, comedy special? I go, okay. Well, this narrows down the choices. This this makes easier. Right. In fact, I, I love it when I do those kind of things and people just give me really close direction. Like, I did the theme for this NBC show called perfect couples a short-lived nbc sitcom uh-huh and you know they they listed a few of my own songs that they liked and i said i can do that oh you want me to write like a 20 second long song that sounds like the chorus to one of my own songs it's like yeah, oh, yeah that's i can do this like this is my specialty and that it was, it was fun to it was fun to do and not and not be second guessing yourself because you know you know what it is. Like, even lyrically, you're like, okay, this is a sitcom about three couples. Yeah, you're so, not going to get uh, too abstract. Yeah. And it's that you, you have to try and communicate something within 20 seconds. So, like, you're going to keep it pretty simple. Because you have no time to do anything else. So, is that a thing where you uh, you get paid every time it airs? Yeah, but if it gets canceled quickly, then uh, that really <laughs> then it stops that, airing. Well, that's the dream. And any time those things have been thrown at me, it's like the dream is like, oh, maybe this show will be the next Friends. Yeah, like maybe I'll be set for life because there's there's not a lot of upfront money in those things. But on the back end, if it's a hit, yeah, you could be set. Like the guy that wrote the Cheers theme, right? I think Paul Anka wrote. He wrote the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Theme, yeah, so like, he was had a nice steady income. And I think didn't John oh, Laurie write the Conan theme? I think. Did he? And uh, Bob Mould, uh, Daily Show. Does the Daily Show, which is not many people know, because it doesn't sound anything like right Bob Mould or what people imagine him to sound like. Well, that's cool. So I'm looking. I'm looking for that big score still. Really? If I can, just, I can just retire. Is would you? You wouldn't retire though. Um, oh, no! Bombshell. <laughs> no, I, I think it, I think it depends on what you mean by retire. It'd be it'd be nice to have a sort of uh, independence, <laughs> financial independence, independence, where you you put out you put out a record and you just do it for the love of it. Yeah, because I feel like I used to do that. Like for years and years, I think I had no delusions of making any money at making music, and you're like. Yeah, this is what I like doing, and so it was a shock to start making money, talking about talking about making money, and then you get yourself into a place where oh, I own a home now and I'm married and I have a kid, so it's like I have no choice but to to think about money now. Like uh, it's you don't I don't have the freedom of going. Oh, I don't care if this thing sells. I'm in it for the love of it. Yeah, it's like yeah, I got into it for the love of it. I got some baby food to buy. Yeah, I'm still in it for the love of it. And when I'm making a record, I'm not thinking, will this sell? You know, but you have to, you have to think about that. So it would be nice to not, to not think about that. And by that, I mean retired. That would be <laughs> that. That would be my version of retirement. Uh, long story like, short, I don't want to make records anymore. No, I'd make records, yeah. but I think I wouldn't. I just wouldn't be overly concerned about. Like, right. I'd say no. I'm not touring. I, yeah. make, I make records, and if they so sell, they sell. Do you do you, you like touring though? Right. I mean, I know there's downsides to it. Yeah, I like I like touring, but yeah, the the downside is like yeah, especially now, like I miss I yeah. miss my kid. So there's. Uh, but it's yeah, it's fun. It's fun to play in front of people, and it's even fun just to like hang out and be a just be a loser. It's like, well, my rock show's finished. What are we gonna do? I guess I do go love to the, a bar. Or, I do love the after show hang. Yeah, that's I do. I like that a lot. And then there's the 
the the the saddest uh, after show hang is when the bus is the bus has to leave like a couple hours after the show. So everybody's still in sort of party mode. So everybody just gets on the bus and it's just a bus party. Yeah, that's a band thing. Comedians don't have that for no. the most part, unless you're in a bus. But mm-hmm. I do like those buses. I I'm not a big fan of the buses because before I got on a bus, I thought that would be the greatest thing to tour in a bus. But then after one tour, I thought, well, it's hard to. You can't shower on the bus. Yeah. So, among other things. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's like little things like that that begin to wear on I you. Think... Like in the morning, in the morning, you have to like go up and sit next to the bus driver and go, "Hey, Tom, next chance for a... <laughs> you see a rest stop, then we could." Uh... I would think that would be rough because I would be like, "Oh, I hope." If you're traveling with someone, anytime I'm on driving with someone and I have to go to the bathroom, I'm always like, "I hope they're going to be cold about this." Which they should be. And some people are like, what are you stopping for, man? we got to go. It's like, well, I do have to go to the bathroom. But I and, think... And the, 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 the actual bunks are like, almost like coffins. Yeah, I, I, yeah, they're pretty easy to sleep in, don't you think? They're easy Surprise- to sleep in. But, but you have no... You have yeah. no space. Like, the, it, like, that's your space. Basically, your only private space is the size of a coffin. Right. Yeah. I guess I was thinking, if I were a comic, I would love to have a bus, because it wouldn't be... If I had to share it with nine people, even if I liked them, I probably would not like it. I think you got to get your own bus. Well, I know Josh Ritter, I was talking about, living in, just moved to Woodstock. He tours with his baby, who's just over a year old, and his wife. And I think because... He's in a bus, but because it's it's his show, like they turn the back room of the bus into their little living space. Yeah, and I thought that makes sense. I mean, it's because it's not that much room in the back room of the bus, but you can turn it into a little like space for the baby, you know, and the family to be in. The rest of the band can be in their coffin bunks. I think you got to yeah, you got to pull a Michael Stipe and get a separate bus. No, if. <laughs> If we were really huge, I would do that in a second. I would be, I would have no problem being yeah. the guy who's going, listen, I'm only doing this if I get my own bus. I don't want anybody to even look at me. Band, no band members look <laughs> at me. I get my own bus. I was talking to Nico once. She was saying, like, it's actually, sometimes being in a van is actually better than being in a bus. No, I, I think it is. And the main thing is. Because you can park it anywhere. And when you're, when you're in a van, you're always in. You always get a hotel room every night. Yeah, like even comedian if style. Like even if you're only in that hotel room for like six hours, you still like you have your own space and it's a clean. You know the sheets are clean every night, ideally. Yeah, and I feel like I I just feel a lot more human like that. You can every morning you get up, you can have a shower, you can go all right. Let's get in the let's get in the van and drive some more, and somehow that's just for me that's healthier because in in the bus. Like, you're driving through the night, and sometimes you don't go to bed till like, 4 or 5 a.m., and then you wake up at, like, 1 or 2 in the afternoon, and it's just a depressing lifestyle. Yeah. I think, uh, get in your own van. Do that. There you go. I've, I've thrown around that idea. Or, or just getting a, renting a car, and just, and going, hey, guys, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go on my own. Or, or, like, when you're in the Northeast, just take trains. Especially because I'm sort of based around here. I thought, why don't I just jump on some, uh, it's, jump on some trains? Yeah, that that does sound good. Do it like a human. You can do that on a solo tour, though, right? If I ever tour by myself, yeah. Have you ever toured with like no band whatsoever? No, really. Speaking of money, holy shit, it's all yours. I've been thinking about that. Well, <laughs> the show we both did a few nights ago. Yeah, we did uh, UCB Theater. Yeah, UCB Theater. I did something I'd never done before, which was I made a mix of one of our new songs that was just uh, synthesizers and drums, uh-huh. and I just played along with it, um, you know, acoustic guitar and vocals, and I thought, this sounds good. Yeah, and I did. thought, I should, I should do this, because it's, just, just having that extra accompaniment just, like, fills, just really fills the song out, like, way more than if it was me and the acoustic, and I thought, hmm, I could do this, and even... Like, it's like the economies of scale. I feel like even if I made, like, one quarter of the money, it would still be... It would still work out in my favor because I have, like, one... 
you know, fifth of the expenses. Definitely. No, you should. Um, you hear that, rest of the new pornographers? <laughs> Start looking for other work. But so I'm I'm intrigued by that. I've only done one song like that, but I thought this is fun. I should do yeah. this. Like maybe this is something I should just. Not that I would ever really go on tour like that, but you could do a little tour like to that. know that to know that I could like that with a little effort I could put together like maybe an hour long set and just tour. I think I you should it. do it, but don't don't break up the band. The new album it's Brill Bruisers. Brill Bruisers. All right, it's uh, coming out. Yeah, not going to break up the band. No, he's not breaking up the In band. In fact, I'm doing the reverse of that. Right, it's a new album. There's a new album. Yeah. For those of you who are just ready to hit the gossip trails yes. with the breakup news, it was just a little banter, a little conversation. I was I was throwing around the idea of um, tweeting that the band's going to break up like the day before we announce the record. Just, like, just to see like if anybody paid any attention. To get people talking. <laughs> yes. And it comes out when? Uh, August 26th. August 26th. I believe. And that's on Matador, right? Matador, yes. Not that you need to know the record label to find the album. Yes. I just want free stuff from Matador, yeah. so I, I thought I'd put that out there. Make make sure to Google... Yeah, when you're Googling new pornographers, <laughs> Brill Bruisers, make sure yeah. you put in Matador in Matador. there so you don't get another... You'll get zero hits. Yeah. <laughs> like, no no search results. You got... What's the label? Yeah, narrow it down a little Is bit. There, and it's newpornographers.com? I, I think this so. This is a little plug portion of my show. It's either newpornographers.com. Oh, or it's new porn. Oh, no, it's new pornos for Twitter. It's at the new pornos. The twi- yeah, at, at the new pornos, at AC Newman, at Nico Case. I guess everyone could Google this. Yeah. But no, get- there's no there's no Behar Twitter. Remember that? No Dan Behar Twitter. I remember having a conversation before I say goodbye with Dan Behar at one of your shows. He was like, he was pondering going to see a Broadway show by himself. And I was like, oh, you got to do that. And he oh, didn't yeah. do it. I'm surprised he didn't. It seemed, yeah. I was like, oh, I was like so excited for the idea of like, oh, that's so great to be on tour, have a little time to kill. I love Broadway musicals. I do too. I've been, I've seen about six of them. Did you see uh, Book of Mormon? No. That's fantastic. Is it still sold out, right? No, I think you can zip. Get one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll have to try and do that. I saw the Promises, Promises revival. Yeah. Starring Kristen Chenoweth and Sean Hayes. I've seen uh, Avenue Q, Spamalot. Oh my God! Spring Awakening. Oh my God! I saw the the Johnny Cash musical Ring of Fire. Is that good? Way back in two thousand six, it was pretty good. Sort of like an episode of a really good episode of Hee Haw, but, <laughs> but, but but really good. It's an interesting review. No, it was it was good. I I brought my mom and sister here in two thousand six, so I was trying to find something I thought my mom would really like, and she really loved it. I saw. Um... Nine to five, oh, with good. my dad, and <laughs> yeah, and then the woman later on. I did an episode of Louie, and there was the woman who played the heckler, and she told me her name, and I was like, "Why does that name sound familiar? What have you done?" She goes, "I played Dolly Parton on Broadway." I, was like, I saw you. <laughs> well, now we're working together. Carl Newman, thanks for being on my show. Hey, thanks for having me. We'll uh, see you guys soon. Yes. All right, everybody. Um, before I go, I want to do. Send warm wishes to Tracy Morgan, Artie Fuqua, who I work with all the time at the Comedy Cellar in New York City, Harris Stanton, Jeffrey Malia, who's Tracy's assistant, and condolences to the family and friends of Jimmy Mack. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.